Hello stranger. Are you depressed? Are suicide thoughts bothering you? Or are you just a little bit crazy and confused? Then you are at the right place. Let me introduce you to the story of my ramshackle mind. Let me talk in episode 8 about my suicide attempt when I've been nine years old. I was not even 10 years old and already broken. My daydreams about life and traveling to all the countries of the world made the day bearable. The hope that things would be better in the distant future kept me from doing stupid things. But there were moments, plenty of them, when I lost the will to live. Especially when I realized that none of the hard work I was given changed the outcome or led to any significant success. The low point was reached in the summer of 1975. At the age of nine, I no longer had any prospects and I counted the weeks of my life by the number of punches I was given. Once again, I had had a handful of beatings. The old geezer come home drunk and during the subsequent work in the garden, which he sweetened with liters of wine spritzer, I could not do anything right or good enough. Later in the evening he threw a full master char at my mother and the doors were being slammed until late at night. The two of them screamed at the top of their voices and under the threat of violence we all remained in front of the television. The atmosphere was poisonous as ever and given the circumstances lousy. When the two of them nagged and screamed at each other I jumped up from the sofa and roared and cried. Can't you stop yelling at each other just for once? I just couldn't take it anymore. Furious, the old geezer jumped up from the sofa and beat me until I was lying in the corner of the living room and didn't make a sound. The following day, I went to school with my dark purple glitter turtleneck sweater. Classes ended every day at shortly after 12. At that time, my mother worked as a seamstress in a basement only a few meters away from our house, together with a few other women. When I came home from school, I picked her up and there was a quick lunch. Afterwards, she went back to work. When she was gone that day, I took a piece of paper and wrote a farewell letter in pencil in scrawly handwriting. I can't do it anymore and you're to blame. I put the note under the pillow. Afterwards, I rode my little orange child's bicycle through the village. There was a quarry there. At that time, such places were freely accessible and nobody had to be protected. That was our adventure playground, which I often visited with friends. We climbed up the steep face and played hide and seek. When we were not in the quarry, we walked for miles armed with flashlights inside the large pipes into which the village stream flowed, the Stahlzel. I knew the grumbly rock face inside out and it was clear that from high up I could jump off the steep edge of the quarry into the bottom. I would fall at least 30 meters, third, break my neck and be dead. 
I had hidden my bike between the bushes. I did not want to be found right away. I set off on the ascent, which I had already done countless times before. My heart beat louder than any jackhammer. I wanted to be dead, but not to die. I wanted to jump, but not to be in pain. Actually, I just wanted to get away. To get out of this family. Actually, it wasn't a family. In the weeks before, I had often spoken tearfully about wanting to go to a boarding school. Of course, that didn't happen. We were poor. How could a bricklayer and an unskilled seamstress afford boarding school? An elitist educational institution for a dreamer who couldn't even do decent math and was too stupid to understand the simple things. I had no future. There I sat, high up, my short legs dangling over the edge and the longer I stared into the depth and carefully slipped millimeter by millimeter over the edge, the greater my fear became. No visions of my past life occurred. I felt nothing. I didn't even have any tears. Crying means breathing and air is life. No, I did not want to live anymore. But what would happen then? I was not able to think about it, because I was simply too young for philosophical questions. I didn't want to be beaten anymore. I begged for parents who would laugh with me and greet me with a hug. I dreamed of pillow fights, love and just for a single moment the feeling of deeply rooted intimacy. I longed for a look that told me, hey, I'm always here for you, trust me. I have never seen that expression, not even today, not from my parents, my sister, no one in the family. My fear was too great. What if they found out that I was trying to end my young life so cruelly? Would I go to hell? Would it really be worse in eternal purgatory than here on earth? For hours I sat high up with dangling legs and watched the little stones that I threw into the depths. I finally pulled myself up. Standing and jumping would be less problematic than pushing myself into the abyss while sitting. I felt as if I had been standing there for an eternity, fighting against the dizziness. So many questions came up during those moments. What if I did not die, but was paralyzed? I did not succeed in overcoming the immense fear of dying. In no time at all I climbed down the rocks, grabbed the bicycle and dashed home like lightning. It was late, the old geezer and my mother would soon be home. Under no circumstances could the farewell letter be found. I was standing in the bathroom rubbing the sweat off my body when a few minutes later, almost at the same time, both parents came home. The old geezer had a strange idea that evening and surprised us once again with the meal that he ate constantly. I still choke when I recollect the sight. Smoked pig's ears and a pig's 
tail were to be eaten with hot mustard and fresh bread. Blah! You chew on the hairy cartilage. I then disappeared into my room, faked a stomach ache and preferred to stay hungry. Thank you so much for listening and please come back next Sunday to hear the next episode. Thanks a lot. Ciao, ciao.